we're looking tonight at peace and uh, Daniel in particular. We're going to be in the book of Daniel chapter 1. And so uh, what we're looking for in our life is peace. Peace with God and peace with others. Peace within ourselves. And the only way we're going to find it is through that relationship with God that's close and personal intimate with Christ. And so we see Daniel tonight that he had that and he understood this because he was at peace with some things he did and said in Daniel 1. And so we'll just start there. In Daniel chapter 1, verse 1, in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, rather not Judah, uh, Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. So uh, this king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, was an enemy to Israel and Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, and so he attacked the city, attacked the nation of Israel, besieged it, meaning he surrounded it and just starved them out. And then he conquered them. And when he did that, he brought the people back to Babylon. Well, and the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the articles from the temple of God. Then he carried off the temple of his God to the temple of his God in Babylonia and put in the treasure house of his God. And so here we see even the marked you know, disregard for the true and living God of Israel. He took some of the articles out of their temple, some of the holy things out of their temple, and brought those holy things to his false god there in Babylonia and put them in his house of his God. And there they had uh, desecrated the temple of God in Israel and took those things, put them in their house of God. And so just a total disrespect for the true God and his things there in the temple. Well, that, I just wanted to kind of emphasize that for where we're going. Then the king ordered Asphanaz, king of his court officials, to bring in some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility. So he's looking for some people to be in service to him. So go get some of the people in royalty and nobility, some of the up-and-coming people there in Israel. And he said, here's specifically what I'm looking for. I want some young men without any physical effect. You know, find some men that have no physical defects on them. I want some handsome men. I want some that are showing aptitude for every kind of learning. I want some that are already smart, they've already been trained, and they have a desire to learn more, well-informed, they're already educated, they're quick to understand. You can interview them and you can tell they're quick to understand things that you teach them, and they're qualified to serve in the king's palace. So he says, I want some young men out there that are already, you know, smart and intelligent, handsome, aggressive, ready to go, ready to learn, and I want you to do this. He was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. We want to take some of these young men, some teenage men from uh, Israel that we've captured, and I want them to be taught the ways of Babylon, and then I'm going to bring them into service to me. So the king assigned them. <clears throat> I jumped ahead there, didn't I? Okay. Then the king ordered Asphanaz, king of his court officials, to bring in some of the Israelites from the royal family and nobility. King. All right, I'm going across. Okay, we did that. Now I'll go across. Okay, they're in, they're in a line here. i got to go across, then i got to go down. I'm sorry. Then the king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and after that they were to enter the king's service. So here he said, let's get these smart young men, these teenagers, bring them into my service, train them for three years. When they get through training, uh, they'll come into service for me. Well, among them were some from Judah, Daniel, Ananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, four young teenage boys that he said, I want well-trained, handsome, and all the qualifications he'd look for, without defect, showing aptitude for learning, 
well-informed, quick to understand, and he picked out these four right here among some of the others. And the chief official gave them new names. He said, we need to rename these people of Israel, take away their Hebrew name, and change them to Babylonian names so they can forget about their past and they become more like us in Babylon. So he changed the name to Daniel, gave him the name Belshazzar. Now, we usually understand Daniel as Daniel, but his name was changed there in Babylonian to Belshazzar. Hananiah named him Shadrach. Now, we know that name. Mishael, Meshach, we know that one. And Azariah, Abednego. So we know those three by their Babylonian names, but we know Daniel by his Hebrew name. And so therefore, these four men in particular were given these Babylonian names so we can forget the past, move beyond their uh, lineage there in Israel. But here we go. Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. So Daniel had to be a little brave here. Daniel had to be able to stand up and say, wait a minute, Mr. Official, I don't eat this kind of food. I don't drink this kind of stuff like you people do. I don't do this. And what I want to do, graciously ask permission to not to defile myself with taking in all these things in my body. So he resolved to do that. Let's look at the word resolved to make sure we understand what he did. He decided. He decided not to defile himself like this. He determined. I am determined. Haven't you ever said that to you about yourself? I'm determined not to do anything about that. I'm determined to, you know, whatever. We mean it. We put our foot down and we maybe do this and... I mean, we say it, and we're there. That's what he did. He he settled it. He said, I am settled. I'm not going to do it. He was resolute. He was intent. And so he meant business, didn't he? He had it all figured out in his mind, in his heart. He said, I'm not going to do this. I will not eat the food that's given to me here in this place. I'm not going to do it. I'll starve to death before I eat it and drink it. And so I'm just, I'm there. Well, here's the thing about it. He was in a foreign country. He didn't know these people. He'd been captured as a slave. He was under a foreign king. He didn't know this king. He was with a different culture. They were totally different kind of people, and they had different customs customs and habits. And so here he was, a teenage boy taken out of Israel, Hebrew boy, been well-trained in the ways of God, the things of God, the Word of God, and now he's in this foreign country, foreign king, different culture, different habits, customs, and he's saying, I'm not going to do it. That's brave. <laughs> That's courageous. It settled in his heart simply to please God in all that he did. He said, I am determined. I am resolved. I have decided. I have settled it in my heart. I am resolute. I am tit. Period. I'm going to do one thing in my life. I'm going to please God. He said, I'm not going to worry about you people. I'm not worried about this king. I'm not worried about these things you got to tell telling me to do. I got one thing in my mind. That's to please God. See how that worked in his life? That's how it is with us, isn't it? We make it our intent totally every day. I don't care what they say, what they do, what goes on around me, what goes on in this country, what people want me to do, ask me to do, tell me to do. I have determined, I have settled it in my mind. I'm just going to please God. Period. No questions asked. Are we like that? Are we like a young teenage boy from Israel that's been taken captive into a foreign country with a foreign king and a different culture with different customs and habits and says, I'm not doing it. All I'm going to do is please God. He was courageous. He was determined. 
And bottom line, he was obedient to God. I mean, he had his mind made up. <laughs> he had his heart made up. He was settled in his mind, his heart, that I'm not going to do what the king wants me to do. See, he was at peace with God. Therefore, he had peace with himself, within himself, as he lived in these difficult circumstances. And you and I may not be in this kind of situation like him, but we live in difficult circumstances too, don't we? I mean, we live in a tough kind of world around us. I mean, we look around our world, we can see some things going on in this world that, really? <laughs> this is really happening? This is really going on? This is the difficult situation I'm in, this difficult family I'm in, this difficult workplace I'm in, difficult school I'm in, whatever it may be, and this is tough. And I'm supposed to act like a Christian every day? I'm supposed to apply God's Word to my life every day in the kind of world I live in? Yes, you are. And God says, yes. Daniel made his mind up. Daniel said, I'm going to do it. I'm in a foreign country, foreign king, different customs, different culture, and I'm going to do it. And we can too. So why was he at peace with God? Why was he at peace within himself in these difficult circumstances? Why? Because he had resolved to obey God. Period. I've just resolved to obey God because I can just envision his parents as just the infant growing up you know, maybe he's, let's say, 17. Let's say, it's kind of a middle teenage year there. Let's say he's 17. So for the first 17 years of his life, he's been taught God's Word, learned God's Word, learned to respect God's Word, his parents, and, and on and on it went. He was taught the things of God, and now he's resolved to obey God. I'm going to obey God, period. I don't care what happens. And he did it without hesitation, because he simply told that man that, that person in charge, the chief of the court. I'm not going to do it. I mean, he didn't hesitate. Did it without question. He didn't pull him aside. Hey, let's have a conversation. Could, could we work something out here? He didn't do that without question. He didn't do it with any, without any pressure. Nobody, none of these other guys around him said, hey, Daniel, why don't you be the one to stand up and say, we're not going to do this. He didn't do it that way. And he did it regardless of what happened in his life. He said, I don't care. I'm not worried about it. I resolved in my heart, my mind, my soul that I'm not going to do it because I'm at peace with God and I've got peace within myself and I know what I'm doing here. So he had fought the battle before he ever encountered the battle. Before he ever got here to this position that he's in, by no fault of his own, he didn't ask to be here. He didn't want to be here. But he didn't kick and scream, say, this is a horrible place. I can't believe we got conquered by these Babylonians, and I didn't want to leave my home, I didn't want to leave my family, I didn't want to leave my nation, but here I am, I'm just going to get mad, and I'm going to kick, and I'm going to slap, and I'm going to cry, and I'm going to cuss, and I'm going to do all kinds of things, I don't like being here. Didn't do it. You ever seen people do something like that? They get into a place in their life that they don't like. I don't like being here, wherever here is. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put my foot down. I'm going to pitch fit. I'm going to throw things. I'm going to hit things. I'm going to cuss and fuss and get angry and upset. I'm going to stay that way as long as I'm here, wherever here is. A Christian wouldn't do that, would they? I mean, they just they wouldn't argue and fuss and fight and feud and kick and all that, would they? Daniel didn't. Daniel said, you know what? I've already won the battle before I got in the battle. Starting in January, we're going to be looking at the spiritual armor of God. It's going to take seven weeks, eight weeks. It's going to take eight weeks to get through it. It's going to take too much, January, February. We're going to put one piece on every week. And so what we're going to find out then is we find out with Daniel, we've got to fight the battle 
be prepared for the battle before we ever get in the battle. Meaning that if we don't have the spiritual armor of God on before we get into the battle of the day, whatever that may be, no matter where it may be, if we didn't put it on before we left home to get in this battle at about 1 o'clock in the afternoon, we're not going to be prepared for the battle and we're going to get defeated. That's where our emotions come in. That's where our thoughts come in. That's where our decisions come in. We get faced with a situation we didn't ask for, we didn't look for, but there it is in front of us and now our emotions want to get involved and we can say things, do things, react to things that we didn't plan on, we didn't expect, and then we get home later in the afternoon and say, why did I do that? Why did I act like that? Why did I go there? All those kind of things. We made some wrong decisions, some wrong thoughts. Why? Because we weren't dressed for battle and the battle happened and now it's too late. We don't have time to get ready now. Well, Daniel had already decided, I'm ready for the battle. Bring it on, king. I'm ready for battle. I've already had victory because I've resolved to have peace in my heart due to my obedience to God, he said. He was obedient to God ever since he was a little child growing up. By the time now, let's say 17, he's been obedient to God all of his life. And now to face this difficult situation that he's in now, it didn't matter to him. I'm going to be obedient to God now, just like I was all the 17 years, just like I'll be the rest of my life. I'm going to be obedient to God now because I've resolved to obey him, period. That's how we have to live every single day. Resolve in our heart, in our mind, in our soul, we're going to be obedient to God, period. No matter what happens, no matter what comes our way, no matter what we're involved in or what's going on around us, we're going to obey God. Well, we skip a little bit here, and so Daniel resolved not to do this. And But the uh, the guy that was talking to him about this, now God had caused the official to show favor and sympathy to Daniel. But the official told Daniel, I'm afraid of my Lord the king who has assigned your food and drink. He said, I, I like you, Daniel. You're, you're, I can tell you're a good teenage boy and, and I like you and, and I want to do right by you and I want to help you because you've said you're not going to do this and you're not going to do what the king said. But I need to, you know, why should he see you looking worse than the other young men your age? You know, when he sees you kind of going downhill in your health, you know who's going to be in trouble, Daniel? <laughs> I am because I'm the one supposed to be overseeing all this and seeing that you guys do the right thing like we told you all to do and you don't want to eat his food and drink his wine and your, your body's going to react and you're not going to be healthy anymore and I'm going to be in trouble then. So, Daniel, let's talk about this a little bit. He said, the king would then have my head because of you. I'll be the one in trouble. You may not, but I will. So Daniel then said to the guard whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, and he said, let's do this. Here's what we need to do. Please test your servant for 10 days. Just let me take a test for 10 days. Let me show you something, mister. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Not all the food coming off the king's table, not all his wine, but give us vegetables and food and water to drink. Then, after 10 days, then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. So he agreed to this and tested them for 10 days. He said, let us 10 days eat what Hebrew people would eat. All these others, let them eat what y'all eat. And then let's see the difference in our health, our nutrition, our bodies. <clears throat> well, at the end of 10 days, it looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So not only did they not look worse, but they actually looked better than all these others. They were eating the food the king said eat. So the guard took away their choice food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. 
And these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all things that he wanted them to understand. And uh, in literature and learning, and Daniel could understand visions and dream all kinds of things. And so God said he's going to bless them because they were being obedient to him. And therefore, they could see all these things. God was moving in their lives, moving in their heart. Why? Because of being obedient to them, to God. See how God works in our life. When we live in obedience to Him in a difficult situation, we honor Him, worship Him, no matter what goes on around us. We determine in our mind, we're going to serve Him, period. Then He blesses us. You see, blessings can't come until we're obedient. We have to be obedient to God first, then we can get the blessings. So, but so many times, we want the blessings of God. God, look at how you're blessing them. Look at how you're blessing them. I wish you'd bless me like that. And God said, well, I wish you'd obey me like the, they do. You know, and then I can. But He can't bless us until we obey. I mean, why would He? I mean, just reason that out. Why would God bless a disobedient person to Him? I mean, parents don't do that, do they? You got a child that's always just disobeying you, talking back to you, saying no to you, telling you off, kicking you in the shin, you know, and then they say, I want a new bicycle. Yeah, right. When you get 18, maybe we'll talk about it, you know, something like that. I mean, parents don't bless their children that are disobedient. God doesn't either. God says, I can't bless disobedient children of mine. So he saw that he was being obedient and he blessed him. Well, verse 20, in every matter of wisdom, understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them 10 times better than all the magicians and enchanters of his whole kingdom. So now the king knows about what's going on. He's been told what's happened here. And so in every matter of wisdom, understanding, when the king began to ask them all these questions about it, he found them 10 times more informed 10 times more educated, 10 times more wisdom than all of his magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. And so verse 21, at the end of the chapter, Daniel remained there until the first king of Cyrus, which was 66 years. Daniel grew to be an old man in Babylon. And he served the kings that came along, this next king and, and all of them, for 66 years. He lived in obedience to God. And said, God, I know I'm in a different country. I know I'm under foreign kings that don't recognize you as Lord, Master, and Savior. But he said, I don't care. I'm still going to serve you. It doesn't matter what's going on around me. It doesn't matter who the king is, who the president is, who the senator is. It doesn't matter. If they don't want to obey you, it's all right. I will. Because I don't have to follow what somebody else says. I have to follow what you say. And so he was determined to honor God his entire life. All the 66 years that he was there, he was determined, he was resolute to honor God in his entire life, even though he was living where people didn't have a high standard of God. Those people in Babylon, they didn't care about his God, his true and living God, the God of Israel. He didn't care about Yahweh God, the writer of what we know as the Bible. They didn't care about that, but he did. And he lived among those people all his life. And so they didn't have a high standard for God and all the things of God, but he did. And so you see, it doesn't matter what people do around us, how they act around us. What matters is what we do. I mean, other people can disobey God and go the wrong way and do the wrong things, but that doesn't mean we have to. And so 
<clears throat> Obedience to God brings the blessings of the peace. Daniel had peace to go to that king and go to that ruler over him and say, I'm not going to eat this food. I know that's what you want me to do, but I'm not going to do it. I've got to obey God, not you. And so as a result of his obedience, God brought him this blessing of peace. He had peace about it. And all those years of his life, and you know another story about Daniel getting thrown in the lion's den and all that. He had peace about that. He went to that lion's den knowing those lions could tear him apart and eat him up before the hour was over. He wasn't worried about it. He was at peace about it. But see, but righteousness has to come from us before the peace comes from God. God wants to give us peace in all things, but He wants us to be righteous and holy and obedient to Him in all things so we can have peace in all those things we're going through. Do you have that peace tonight? Do you understand God's will for you and what God has for you and how He wants to bless you, with, particularly as we're talking about peace? It can come. It can be there. But we have to be obedient to Him and righteous in His kingdom as we do that. Let's be obedient this week and see how He gives us that peace we need.